You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Home sales slowed down in the second half of 2018, so much so that new home builders in many areas across the country had to offer price reductions and add on incentives. And as you may know, Real Wealth Network partners with experienced developers to build out subdivisions nationwide as well. We have projects we've partnered on in Reno, Tampa, Park City, and Bozeman. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Today, we'll get an update on how those projects are doing and whether or not it's still a good time to build new homes. We know new homes are desperately needed, but can developers actually make a profit? With us today is 40-year veteran developer Fred Bates, who also acts as an advisor to our company. Whenever another developer brings us a project, I first send it to Fred to review. 90% of the time, the project comes back with a thumbs down because it's either too risky, too dependent on leverage, or just simply has too small of margins. In other words, no margin for error when we know that we're in a somewhat uncertain economy. So let's find out what he looks for in a good deal and if there's any more out there. Fred Bates, welcome back to The Real Wealth Show. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Wonderful. And I love learning from you. So I'm so happy to have you back here. I know that we're entering into maybe one of the longest expansions in history. And you are the guy who (laughs) is seeing a lot of deals out there turning down most of them, but still finding great opportunities. So what does your desktop look like lately? Are the deals getting worse that you're seeing? No, I, I think from the standpoint of economics, maybe everybody that has land is very proud of it. And they're asking a lot of money. And consequently, that along with city and county fees, the cost of entitlement, and so on and so forth, it puts the land price up almost too high. We just had a meeting today and we were talking about how we get our construction costs down. Of course, in a stiff labor market, I think you're aware that uh, right now there's a shortage of labor. So consequently, we're probably paying more in labor than ever before. So how do you get the construction costs down? It's almost an impossibility. We can create a smaller product and people can live down as opposed to what we try to do, as you know, in our other projects where we have people living like millionaires and at an affordable price. So it really comes down to land costs, buying the land at an affordable price, getting a good deal on the land. And of course, that takes a great deal of patience and uh, a lot of due diligence because if there's land available at a reasonable price, then the first thing that comes to my mind, what's wrong with it? You know. Mm-hmm. So how long typically are you in negotiations over a piece of land? I mean, sometimes it seems like when you bring projects to us, you've been negotiating for years. And that is the case still. Uh, we're looking at projects here in the Reno area. So northern Nevada, we're looking at projects in Montana, Colorado, Utah, and Idaho. And in every instance, we've been negotiating on some of these for well in excess of a year. But it really comes down to trying to get our price. And of course, in order to get our price, we have to know more than the seller does. Because the seller thinks that his land is the best land out there and it's all ready to go, that you don't have to address water and sewer issues. You don't have to address drainage. You don't have to address floodplains or geotechnical issues. 
when in fact, in every case, you have to address them. And all of that stuff costs money to mitigate, you know. So the land residual, what you pay for the land, is probably the most important thing today. And probably staying away, I guess, from problem sites. I, I think in the past I told you about a site that another builder bought up here just behind our site. And uh, he ran into extensive costs, probably twice what he estimated it was going to cost him to finish the land. He paid too much for the land because he just wanted to get into northern Nevada. So he paid a little over twice what we paid for our land. And then it cost him at least twice what it cost us to finish off the lots. So he was in his project basically upside down on close to 300 lots. Mm. Now, is he going to be able to make that up in sales or? Well, what they're doing is uh, they built a bunch of homes and they weren't selling. So they've discounted them now up to about $135,000. So basically, they're doing the project now, building out just to get their money back out of the project. They're not going to make any profit on it. (laughs) One of the things that you said to me early on is you're not in this business for practice, (laughs) right? So, Well, that's correct. And, and, And you know, Kathy, we stay small because that's what we want to do. We can only do so many projects. And so every project we do has to be, you know, the potential for a home run. Yeah, otherwise, why bother? And so I get a lot of people sending me proposals to help raise money for their construction projects, because what we do know is that nationwide, there is a shortage of homes, definitely in the Reno area. There's a massive shortage of homes because of all the job growth. But it's really kind of a a problem across the country. So because we've raised so much capital for land development, we have lots of projects come our way. I always send them over to you to take a quick look and you get back to me within minutes as to why it's not going to work. So what are some of the common themes you're seeing? Is it like too high leverage or not enough profit? I mean, why do you immediately you know, turn these down? Well, most of the projects on the face are good projects and they would be a project that you would want to do or anybody else would want to do. And most of the times they've done their due diligence and they have satisfied the mapping requirements, the soils and geotechnical issues, um, the market and whatnot. And it just comes down that they're very thin margins so that if anything goes wrong in the marketplace, there's no room for them to discount and sell and still make a profit. Most of them are leveraged and that's how they're making their profit is they're doing a leveraged development. And of course, during the down market, when, when things turned down the last time, it was the leveraged developers that were going under giving back the projects to the bank. And of course, that meant everything behind the banks lost their money. So all the capital in those cases were lost. So you know my philosophy today is we do on-leverage projects. And um, so we have to have a big margin to give a good return on that much capital and still make a nice profit. So yeah, it's, it's not easy to find, but they're still out there. Yeah, I brought you one in Salt Lake City. The location was fantastic, but that's exactly your response is most people would be okay with a 10% margin, but what if things slow down and you have to discount? I mean, it's not unheard of that you would have to discount. Uh, And I know a lot of builders did discount over the last six months because sales slowed. And you've seen that. You've been selling houses for decades and sometimes in up markets and sometimes in down markets. And and just over the last six months, you know, we've been selling homes in Reno 
and there was a slowdown. But you know, how have you been dealing with that, and and are things picking up? Well, things are picking up now, but when things start to pick up, then it takes you a while to get the curve going again. But what happened during that down market? We went ahead and we locked in interest rates at uh, a little over four percent, and so that was one of the reasons why the downturn. I think that that the definitely, I think people got a little shaken by some of the things that were going on market-wise. It looks like that stability is back. Um, it looks like the Feds are um, not going to be increasing interest rates. Mortgage rates have come down. There are mortgage rates below four percent now, but. Uh, at four percent or four four and a quarter, um, just about anybody and everybody can get a mortgage for that. So it's brought the buyers out in numbers, and things are turning for us here. But we kept it going with, uh, like like I said, locking in the interest rates. But if you just interest rates, for example, if interest rates go up, typically that means your prices are going to have to come down a little bit, um, or you're going to have to lock in some rates, like we did, if you can. But all of that goes against the performer. So if you've got a thin performer, you can see where that would be problematic. So, you know, in our first project we did with you in Portland, you were able to get a lender to finance at a time when no banks were financing. It was very difficult to get loans, but you managed to do that. So when you say you locked in a loan, are you saying that you've worked with a, a local bank to make sure buyers can get a preset rate? That's what we did on this project up here for our buyers. Our preferred lender on our projects up here right now is U.S. Bank. So anybody that comes to buy a house from us has to pre-qualify with U.S. Banks. That's the thing that we're doing right now on these new buyers. They come in, they have to pre-qualify with U.S. Bank. Then only after they're qualified will we take a, an offer and a contract from them. And U.S. Bank is who we lock that rate in so that we would have money set aside at 4.25 for our buyers. And now, of course, we're getting ready to lock in interest rates at 4% for our buyers. It looks like we might not have to because in talking to U.S. Bank, they may come down again. But whenever they get down at what we think is a good rate, we'll lock that in if we think there's any chance that it'll go up. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you and I had been looking at an apartment deal in the Reno area, actually up near the uh, Trick Center. It was an opportunity zone. It was very exciting. We had a lot of our members at Real Wealth Network interested in that. And at the last minute, we decided, you decided to back out of it. Why is that? We were having numerous conversations at the time, Kathy, you and myself. And what it really came down to is we were getting ready to ask our investors to put up money into a project that we did not have all of the financial answers to. We had our performer done. But we didn't know all of the tax treatment that would be available. And we were making some representations that I just didn't feel comfortable in making. And so with the opportunity zones, the way I was looking at it, there are certain reporting hurdles that had to be made. We were trying to bring it online for a January project. And we would have to meet, I think, a six-month and a nine-month reporting hurdles. And if we waited for these answers, would we be able to start it then and have the proper type of reporting? One of the things that we had to do was to get in the ground, I think, within nine months. And for us to get in the ground within nine months, we had to get our plan approved and uh, get permitted and start grading to be able to meet that hurdle. 
And so as time was going by, I just didn't think we could make the hurdle. And I just didn't want to take it out to the people without having all of the answers. Well, the Opportunity Zone regulations just came out. So do you think you would reconsider now? Um, We might. But as you know, um, if you lose a year on that, you lose a year of benefit. So with every year you lose, it's less and less desirable. And I think there's um, we, I would have to go back and see what the timing is and uh, see if it would make sense. So it's something that we, you and I can talk about, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, some of those rules were changed, so very exciting. All right, so you have actually moved to the Reno area, having uh, lived in Carmel Valley for many years. What are you seeing in in the Reno area, and is it continuing to grow? Are the jobs still coming? Are you still as confident in the area as you were when when you first started there? I am. Reno is kind of interesting. I mean, you have four seasons here. There are mild four seasons. The winter is not overly aggressive. Certainly, you can go up just up the hill and be in the Tahoe area and have snow skiing and everything. But down here in the valley, the snow is not bad. Reno Sparks area is ranked number one for growth and number 11 is the best overall city. And that was in the Milken report just uh, not too long ago, January of 2019. Nevada ranks third most popular state for movers, people moving into the state. Reno seeing a lot of youth influx. And that's nice to be around that. And of course, with the University of Nevada, Reno here, it's nice to be around that. And of course, you know, it's the home to the Tesla Gigafactory. Apple Switch, and on and on, Google announced in 2017 that they were going to be coming in. So there's a lot going on here. Nevada is a top state on the Forbes American Dream Index. It just goes on and on. People moving here that we see buying our homes, primarily, as you know, our stuff in Verdi is the closest development to California. So a lot of our buyers are coming in. They're California people. They still have kind of one foot in California, whether it be uh, grandchildren or, or children of their own or a second house or whatever. But they're coming here for tax reasons. The cost of living here is less from everything from your electric bill to your income tax, to your property taxes. Just about everything is favorable. If you're a new business coming in, they have tax incentives for new businesses. They have Great property tax exemptions for inventories and things like that for a new business. So it's growing. And this is already kind of a major metropolitan area already between Reno Sparks. There's a half million people here and growing at the rate of 10,000 people a year. That's 100,000 people in the next 10 years. Uh, so it's growing probably faster. I, I, I wouldn't want to say it's growing faster than you know, some of these major cities, but on a per capita basis, it's probably one of the fastest growing places in the country. And it's a difficult place to build because there's winters and then there's mountainous terrain. So I don't know how they plan to accommodate all those people. Well, that is, that is the problem right now. We, we feel this is a great market to be in and we're trying to address affordability. We're trying to find some projects that we could build more entry-level type housing because that's where the big deep market is. It's just very, very difficult. We've looked in Fernley, Carson City, Dayton, and uh, 
we've got stuff on the books that we're we're working on, so you'll be seeing stuff. And there's a new freeway towards Carson City, is that right? Yeah, Highway 439 runs, and they call it, I think, Great American Highway, but anyway, it runs south right out of Trick down to Highway 50 and Highway 50 directly into Carson City. So they're opening up basically another route to get into Trek. So that opens up that whole south section, which would include Dayton, um, Carson City, whatnot. And in going down that way, we could come up with a great product that you could buy in that $350,000, dollars $450,000 price range, maybe even lower. So we're looking down there, obviously, very hard. Fantastic. All right. Well, if anybody is interested in learning about Fred's projects, you do actually need to be a member of Real Wealth Network. That is an SEC rule. Uh, we need to get to know you, have a pre-existing relationship before you can learn about any of Fred's future deals. So you could do that by going to realwealthnetwork.com, joining. It's free. You'll be asked to fill out an investor questionnaire, and then that will unlock that part of the website that will show you upcoming projects. All right, Fred, thank you so much for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Kathy. You have a good day. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. We have a live event coming up on May 4th in San Mateo and May 5th in LA. We'll be featuring seven different markets that are great for buying rental properties today. Fred will also be there with an update on the Reno market. So be sure to sign up at realwealthshow.com. I'm Kathy Fedke, and I hope to see you there. Bye-bye.